Remember, a Hallmark card when you care enough to send the very best. Tonight from Hollywood, the makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you Raymond Massey in James Ronald's Old Soldiers Never Die on the Hallmark Playhouse. Hallmark will bring you Hollywood's greatest stars in outstanding stories chosen by one of the world's best-known authors, the distinguished novelist, Mr. James Hilton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is James Hilton. Tonight on our Hallmark Playhouse, we present a story by James Ronald called Old Soldiers Never Die. These days, when so many of us ourselves are old soldiers or destined to be new ones, there's something timely in the theme. And Mr. Ronald has given it a warm-hearted treatment set against the background of England during the last war. You know, the strange thing about war is that amidst all its inhumanity to man, it does make some men more human. And this, I think, happened to the chief character in our story, as you'll presently see. To play his part tonight... We have chosen one of the most notable of living stage actors, Mr. Raymond Massey. And now a word about Hallmark cards from Frank Goss before we begin the first act of James Ronald's Old Soldiers Never Die. For every occasion important to your friends and loved ones, there are Hallmark cards to carry your thoughts across the miles, across the years, often merely across the way. That's important in these fast-moving days when families and friends are separated on short notice, when a word of thoughtfulness can mean so much. On special days and every day, a Hallmark card says what you want to say, the way you want to say it. And that identifying Hallmark on the back, as always, says you cared enough to send the very best. Now, Hallmark Playhouse, presenting James Ronald's Old Soldiers Never Die, starring Raymond Massey. soldiers never die, they only fade away. So goes a favorite British Army song, though even its reassuring words held little comfort for General Charles Victor Church, retired. Listen. Why, hang it all, 68 isn't old. Not when you've been a soldier all your life. Oh, I'm not fool enough to expect a frontline command. Had it in my time. All I want now is a job of work. There's a huge raw army to be whipped into shape. Millions of men who never carried a rifle in their lives. And every officer who knows how to handle men will be needed. Yes, that's the general, and that's his belief, his duty, and his hope. That's why, when the Second World War was but ten days old, he had come all the way up to London to present himself at the war office. Uh, general Church? Yes? I'm uh, Major Barnwell. Lord Outram regrets he's been unable to find time for you before this, sir. He's sorry, but he's still frightfully busy, and he won't be able to see you at all today. Spending the night at my club. Be good enough, Major, to make an appointment for me with Lord Outram for any hour tomorrow that suits him. I'm afraid that won't be possible, sir. You see, Lord Outram's time tomorrow is pretty well mortgaged. Then make it the day after tomorrow, or the day after that. 
I've come up from Waythorn, 150 miles to see him, and I mean to stay in town until I do. Well, if it's about your application to be restored to the active list, General, I'm instructed to say that uh, Lord Autumn feels that you are no longer uh, young, sir. And this is a young man's war. Confound it, I'm a soldier. I've never been anything else. I was born and raised to serve my country. It's in my blood and my bones. I don't propose to be put on the shelf at a time like this. Well, I suggested you return to your home, sir. Perhaps you can still be useful there. Civilian defense, now, that's going to be tremendously important in this mm, war. I dare say, but that's for civilians. I'm not a civilian. I'm, I'm afraid, sir, a civilian is precisely what you are. <laughs> understand, Mrs. Farnsworth, that you are in charge of civilian defense work here in Waythorn. Quite so, General. And I suppose you've come to offer your help. Something oh, like that, Oh, I yes. think it's simply marvelous the way you elderly people are rallying around to do your bit. You dear gallant old soul, so bent on doing your duty. It ought to be an inspiration to the rest of us. Now let me see. Uh, well, just at the present, we have all the workers we can use. But sooner or later, we'll find something for you to do. Some little task, not too exacting, not too regular in its demands that can be managed comfortably by a man of your years, General. Now, I'll get in touch with you at Farthingnode, shall I? And in a few weeks, we're organizing a waste paper collection. Well, of course. Uh, beg pardon, sir, the phone. It's Lady Alice Frome. She wants you for dinner and bridge this evening. Tell her I have a previous engagement, Bates. Tell her I'm sorry. But Lady Alice is such a jolly old lady. It always does you so much good to dine with her. Bates, you needn't talk as if you were my doctor. And Lady Alice is barely 60. You can't call that old. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Well, sir. then don't use the word so loosely. It's a word everybody uses a lot too much. I'm fed up with the sound of it. I see, sir. And Bates. Uh, yes, sir? Uh, take these out of here. Sir? That stack of new magazines. You may tell the news agents not to deliver any of them in future. Not even the Times, I'm sir. I'm sick of the Times. Don't let me see it again. Uh, very good, sir. And put padlocks on all the gates, all of them. If anyone calls, I'm not at uh, home. But, sir... If the war can ignore me, I can ignore the war. Yes, sir. young lady here. Bates, I was under the impression that you had been instructed not to admit anyone to the grounds or to the house. Well, it's like this, sir. Please I... excuse this intrusion, General Church. I'm Miss Cartwright from Waythorn Town Hall, and I'm here to inspect your house to decide how many evacuated children you can take. What? By confounded young woman, I can't take any. I'm not running a home for unwashed brats. Well, if you don't wish to be bothered with the children, that's quite all right. We'll simply confiscate your house, and you, my dear sir, will have to find other quarters. Uh, <clears throat> I think we might manage a few children, sir. They could be confined as much as possible to the upper floors. Bates, my house is neither a prison nor an orphanage. This is much too large a house for one uh, elderly gentleman to occupy alone in times like these. Good afternoon, Miss Cartwright. Evacuated children. Sounds as if they're afflicted with the plague. He isn't exactly going to be a father to them, is he? Oh, his bark is sometimes awful, but he hardly ever bites. 
Uh, with your permission, miss, I'll show our accommodations to you. Yes. Now, in the first place, the only part of the house that's habitable is this one wing. The other's not been in use for a century or more. Yes, this should do very nicely for a dozen or so children. I suppose you're like all the other householders I visit. Won't have anything but sweet, refined children from nice homes with gentle manners and soft voices. Oh, dear me, no. You can send us the dirtiest, noisiest brats you've got. You don't mean that. Yes, miss, I do. A problem child or two, if you like. What about the general? It's just what he needs. Well, if it doesn't worry you, it needn't cost me any sleep. If brats are what you want, brats are what you get. The children have arrived, sir. Well? I, I thought it might be best for all concerned if you greeted them in person. I? Uh, yes, sir. Mm, open the door, Bates. I'll follow. Oh, I don't approve. Uh, well, children? I ain't gonna stay here, see? I'm giving it to you straight. Don't say I never warned you. And if you try to keep me here, I'll make you blooming well sorry for it. Good you two, do you hear? And let go of me skirts, I'll give you a good one over the ear. Oh, oh God, you, you smell the stinking perfume, you do. You've lived being oh, on there, Corey. You, you never liked the steps in being on a crutch. Come on now, help me out. Please, let do something, can't you? Please come down and get them in here. Yeah. children, children, really. That noise. Uh, on the roof, sir. It's uh... The roof? Hand me my torch, but, Bates. But, sir, it's only... A... I'm going up there, Bates. My electric torch. Yes, sir. Here you are, sir. I'll teach these young rascals to go scampering about my roof at night. Douse that blasted light, you balmy old blighter. What? What the blazes you trying to do? Signal the blasted enemy? What, if I may ask, are you doing up here at this time of night, Peter? There's a war on, old boy, or hadn't you heard? I'm well aware of that. In that guy shot in only two blasted well what I'm doing on your blasted roof. I'm keeping a watch for incendiary bombs. But confound it, boy, you're only a child. There aren't nobody too young or too old to be a use in this war. We're in a blasted mess, and not a one of us has a right to stand about with his hands in his pockets. My mom's Mikey Munitions at Woolwich, and my dad volunteered the first die of the war. He's a blasted prisoner in a blasted Nazi concentration camp now. They got him at Dunkirk. Sorry to hear that, Peter. But now I think you'd better go back to bed. Can't have you up here in the cold and dark. I've a good hour to go before one of the other kids talks over. Who's to watch for bombs if I quit? I shall. Oh, and what do you know about incendiaries? Tell the truth, not very much. <laughs> Come to think of it, nothing whatever. Then a fat lot of good you'd be if one fell on the house. If you ask me, you're the one that ought to go back to bed. I'm staying here. Bates, there's a small boy on the roof. Uh, yes, sir. He and three others stand watching ships all through the night. He's filthy, Bates. And his nose is running. Do you suppose he has a cold? A running nose is a secondary characteristic, sir, in children of that class. But his curls worn almost to the skin, threadbare. 
and his boots have holes in them. Uh, that's why he has a running nose, no doubt. Well, something will have to be done about that, Bates. Yes, sir. I'm sort of sure I've looked and looked, but there isn't a bolt of cloth to be had anywhere. Well, then there's but one thing to be done, Bates. Here's your material for the boys' clothes. Oh, but you can't mean it's all those beautiful suits of yours. They can't be replaced in these times. It would be a crime to take them apart. Bigger crime to let them do without when they're just kids. What will you wear, sir? Suit I have on. Small girls, if you please. Six in all. Something serviceable, of course, but they must be pretty. Very important, that. We've got a list of sizes here and the ration card. You ain't going to put me in the water, are you? Sorry, Billy. Simply must be done. In you go. Help! Easy does it now. That's it. I expect you'll take it more calmly the next time. What? You're going to buy this all again? No, not for another week. Saturday night is bark night from now on. Oh, it's every Saturday night. Every Saturday night. Oh, blimey. Yes, it's amazing the way they've responded, sir. Isn't it, Bates? They're clean and quiet most of the time now. But are they happy here, Bates? And what will become of them when war is over and they return to London? To what, Bates? just a moment, we'll return to the second act of Old Soldiers Never Die, starring Raymond Massey. Yesterday, I had an unusual experience. A very charming mother said something about cards in a way that I'd never thought of before. And after all these years, I thought I was an expert on greeting cards. She told me that her oldest son was at military camp. It was his first experience away from home. Like all mothers, she missed him terribly and at first spent hours writing letters with all her feelings laid bare. But she didn't send those letters. She and her husband decided that they might reach the boy just at a time he himself was particularly homesick or blue. And the effect on his morale might be entirely different from that desired. Instead, she confined her letters to home news. And whenever she was shopping, she sent him a card. She had found that the card expressed their love and affection in a way that didn't lead into the kind of thoughts that might result in homesickness. After having it pointed out this way, I can see what this mother meant. With greeting cards, you can say personal things and still keep a light touch. You know, Hallmark cards are designed with one thought in mind, to say what you want to say, the way you want to say it. That's why, through the years, people have found Hallmark cards more and more important in their daily life and have come to look for that distinguished Hallmark on the back of a card which says that you not only care, but that also you cared enough to send the very best. Now back to James Hilton in the second act of Old Soldiers Never Die, starring Raymond Massey.
before the old soldier who disliked playing the role of civilian lost himself in the job of caring for the ragamuffins from the slums of London. Progress, though sometimes slow, was always positive. Much, however, remained to be done, and General Church set himself to the task with a will and a heart. There was Limpy, for example. Limpy, the nine-year-old, who had a right lame foot. Come in. Well, bless my soul, if it isn't Limpy. Yes, sir. Thought you might want to have a look at me air. Mrs. Bates been using the scissors, has she? On all us young ones. Hmm. Mrs. Bates deserves a lot of credit. Didn't know she was such an excellent barber. She combed me at for beasties, too. Good and hard she combed it. Well, huh. Glad you came in, Limpy. Been wanting to have a chat with you. Oh, me? Confounded nuisance it must be, being dependent on a crutch. Thought for a time I'd be in that boat myself. You, sir? Mm, they picked 20 pieces of shrapnel out of this right leg in 1918. Broken in two places as well. Surgeon by the name of Ames put me on my two feet again. Took seven operations. Shouldn't like to have Ames have a look at your leg, I don't suppose. No, it would hurt. Suppose it would. Might hurt a good deal. Still, no one would willingly be a cripple for life, eh, Limpy? Of course, Ames might not be able to do anything for your leg. Only an X-ray would tell that. I, I'm not brave like you. Brave? Wasn't brave at the time, I can tell you. I was in a positive blue funk. You, sir? A fright, sir? Terrified, Limpy. Terrified. But you got all the medals. Oh, don't get medals for not being afraid, Limpy. Get them for seeing through to the end the job you're scared of in the beginning. You... You're sure it would be the very same doctor, sir? The very same doctor. Would I have to go to hospital? Cottage hospital in Little Thorpe. Awfully friendly place. Phone them up first thing in the morning, shall we? And arrange for the x-rays. If they tell the right story, we'll lose no time in sending for Ames. <laughs> How's Limpy? Ames thinks he can fix him up good as new. May take a couple of operations. Oh, the Lord be praised. I only wish the news here at Farthing Knoll were as cheering. What's up, Bates? I'm afraid young Billy's got a case of the measles. Measles? Yes, sir. And the other ones are bound to get it, the little ones anyway. Oh, nothing so tragic about that, Bates. All kids get the measles sooner or later, I suppose. Yes, sir. And then there's Minnie again. Mrs. Bates is worried about her. Up to her old tricks, eh? That it? Worse, sir. She's been primping and perfuming herself all evening, and at her age, too. And she's out there in the lane with the soldier. Huh. Well, she's my responsibility, I suppose. Don't want to be a prying snoop, Bakes, but uh, certainly is up to me to do something about it. Give us a kiss, girl. <laughs> Good evening. Fine. It's the old boy himself. That you, Minnie? For a moment I wasn't sure. Won't you present me to your friend? Uh, my name is Church. I'm by way of being Minnie's guardian for the present. Oh, pleased to meet you. Uh, Bert Hawkins, my name is. Chilly evening, Hawkins. 
Wouldn't you like to invite your friend in, Minnie? There's a large fire in the study. What? Wouldn't be surprised. Bates had a bite to eat and something cold to drink for Mr. Hawkins somewhere, too. You mean it, don't you? Certainly. Lead the way, shall I? Ah, not a pleasant place, this, to have to meet a young girl, do you think, Hawkins? Uh, no, sir, but, uh, well, come now, Minnie. You know this old house is your home now just as much as it is mine. Thank you, sir. Thank you. About ready to leave the hospital? Come home to Farthing Knoll? Yes, sir. Ames is sure you can walk. He told me so himself. But Dr. Ames ain't me, sir. He's the one what's sure, not me. Bought something for you, Limpy. Something you've wanted for a long time, although you never said so. What is it? Shan't tell you. I'll put it over here on this cupboard. You have two legs. Go and take it for yourself. Uh, I can't do it, sir. I'm afraid. I know you're afraid. Put both feet on the floor and walk. Good boy. Good boy. Oh, blimey. I made it. Oh, good, good boy. Tomorrow you'll show them all at Father Noel, eh? You, it's a medal you brought me. One of your very own, ain't it? Right. Mine? For keeps, sir? For keeps, Lippy. You've got a lot more right to it than I have, old boy. Lovely countryside, eh, Peter? When you see it like this at night from top of the roof? Yes, sir. <laughs> Hardly know there was a war on. You know, Peter, you... Lately, you've acquired a lot more aspirates than you had when you came. <laughs> aspirates? H's, Peter. There was a time when you didn't have an H to your name. Learn things quickly, don't you? I do my best, sir. Good boy, Peter. Think I'll send you to the grammar school at Waythorn. Fine old school. You'll learn a lot there. And later on, well, we'll see. If I'm not mistaken, you're the very lad to win a university scholarship. I'll try hard, sir. I'll work like blazes. I know you will, Peter. What's that? Look, sir. Over Whitethorn. A raid, no doubt of it, sir. Oh, they won't come this way. Not likely. It's the Plymouth Docks they're after. That's a good eight miles from here. Ah, that's our Akak. Giving them what for, then? Ah, yes. Hadn't you better talk the children to the cellar, sir? In their condition, they get pneumonia. Oh, they won't come this way anyway. Why should they? There's one of the Nazi bloggers. Crippled, too. Look out, he's chucking away his incendiaries. None on the roof, thank you. No thing, Peter, look. It'll be up in flames in no time. All those old rafters. The children, come on, Peter, the children. Got to get the children out quickly. Wrap them in blankets. Have Harry get the car out. This side of the house will go up any minute. There's a gush of flame on every landing from the doors to the old wing. Take charge here, Bates. Peter and Minnie will help. I'll see what I can do about those doors. Come 
my sister. I've got to find my sister. She's safe. In there, quickly, Peter. Let me and Billy. Safe and sound. Where's the general? Didn't he come out? Come on, Peter. Harry. Glad you're feeling a little better, sir. We thought you were a goner for sure. The the children, Bates. Every last one of them right as rain. You saved the house too, sir, by closing off the doors to the old wing. The roof caved in and smothered the fire there. No more than any soldier would have done under fire, Bates. Children. Children important, Bates. More than old soldiers. Hope for the future and all that. We made a botch of things in 18, didn't we? Won the war, yes. What happened to the world, Bates? Not too hopeful, I'm afraid, sir. Hopeful? There's always hope, Bates, as long as there are children. These kids of ours have taught me something, I can tell you. They have courage, energy, and dreams, Bates. And children, no matter what their race or creed, they're all alike. They'll make a new world for us oldsters. They must be. I see what you mean, sir. And I'm very happy and proud. So are the people, the, the villagers, that is. They nominated you for the George Medal, sir. George Medal? Don't believe I've ever heard of that one. I can't say I'm not pleased, though, Bates. Still a general at heart? Uh, I, I'm afraid you don't understand, sir. I don't rightly know how to tell you, but, well, the fact is, sir, the George Medal is a new decoration. Uh, wear it on the right breast, sir. For civilians, sir. I'm sorry, sir. In this war, Bates, it takes a jolly good soldier to be a good civilian. Raymond Massey and James Hilton will return in a moment. Of all the compliments you ever receive, there's probably none you enjoy more than those to which you can reply, I'm so glad you like it, because you see, I made it myself. Here's a way to let your children experience this pleasure and at the same time teach them thoughtfulness and in a way all children will enjoy. It's with the hallmark make-your-own Valentine kit. In this kit are gay red cards, lacy white panels, and special cutout designs. There are perky kittens, baby chicks, puppies, ducklings, appealing little animals that youngsters love. It's so easy because it's all done without scissors, paint, or glue. For only a dollar, this Hallmark kit contains the makings of 16 Valentines. 
There are other Hallmark make-your-own kits for as little as 50 cents. Ask for them at the store where you buy all of your Hallmark cards. Look for Hallmark on the cover of the box, the same symbol of quality you always look for when you care enough to send the very best. Here again is James Hilton. The old general was a fine character, and you brought him to real life for us, Raymond Massey, with your vivid performance. Thank you. Well, he was a great old fellow, wasn't he, Jimmy? I like to play characters like that. They're honest and sincere. Qualities that you Hallmark folks talk about and understand so well. And speaking of Hallmark, I was most interested in what Frank Goss just said about the make-your-own Valentine kits. Sounds like a very worthwhile idea. But what have you planned for next week, Jimmy? Next week, we shall dramatize Kurt Carroll's The Golden Herd, a romantic story of the early Southwest, one of the most adventurous periods in our country's history. And for our star, we have invited Bruce Cabot to play the leading role. Our Hallmark Playhouse is every Thursday. Our director-producer is Bill Gay. The music of Sir Ed Edward Elgar tonight was adapted by Lynn Murray, and our script was written by Axel Grinberg. Until next Thursday, then, this is James Hilton saying good night. <laughs> Look for Hallmark cards that are sold only in stores that have been carefully selected to give you expert and friendly service. Remember, Hallmark cards when you care enough to send the very best. Raymond Massey appeared by arrangement with 20th Century Fox, producers of the Technicolor picture Halls of Montezuma, starring Richard Widmark. The part of Limpy tonight was played by Barbara Jean Wong. Bates was Eric Snowden, and Peter was played by Ralph Reed. This is Frank Goss saying goodnight to you all until next week at this same time when James Hilton returns to present Bruce Cabot in Kurt Carroll's The Golden Herd. And in the weeks to follow, Booth Talkington's Monsieur Beaucaire. And every Thursday night, outstanding stories by the world's best-known authors with famous Hollywood stars as our guests on the Hallmark Playhouse. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is KMBC, Kansas City, Missouri. 